Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about the Rangers. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. Hello, everybody, and welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington. Sitting across from me is David Moore. David oh, Moore. I'm supposed to. It was, a, it was a quiz. You weren't sure. You, were, you weren't quite sure who was sitting across no, from no. you. Was that I, I'd know you anywhere, David. You haven't changed a bit in the last 30 years. As a matter of fact, we think that you've That's had an insult, some, I believe. Some, some work done over the years. And, and joining us on the line is one of our frequent guests uh, we'd like to have on whenever possible. He's uh, now in Cleveland. No, no. Are you? Yeah, you, you are still in Cleveland. Uh, that is yeah. one Evan Grant. That's, that's right. And, yeah, I, your, your little joke about me being a frequent guest is very funny. <laughs> we all know... We all know I'm the godfather of this podcast, and I could yank you off of here in a New York minute. Well, let's not be talking about that kind of thing. Let's not be using the word okay. yank. Well, possible. thank you for joining Kevin and I on this show. Uh, <laughs> Jerry? Is it Jerry? That's correct, yes. Thank you, Robot David. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, Evan, I have a setup quote for you today going into today's episode of Ballsy. I believe you got this quote yourself. Let me do a dramatic reading of it. This is from General Manager John Daniels. Some nights we are challenged from a personnel standpoint. That doesn't do a whole lot for the fans who want to see immediate returns, but long term we're going to benefit from experiences young players are getting. When a general manager says that on May 1st, what comes to mind? Well, uh, it's essentially waving the white flag without waving the white flag. Um, I, he, and I, I followed this up with him by asking if he was essentially conceding the season. And he said, no, I'm not going to do that. You know, you never never say never. Um, things can change on a dime. And said all the right things about still being competitive. But I think, I think the most important thing about that, David, was that he was realistic. And... Had the Rangers not had uh, the comeback that they did last night, had they not scored or not come back, had they not salvaged that game with some runs in the in the twelfth inning, had they not had some big performances by young players, I think the tone of the story would have been much more. You know, this is just about growth. But I think last night they also saw some of the the short term benefits that some these young kids are going to put together some exciting wins and that. For the long term, a win like last night where you do uh, suffer something of a momentum blow very late but still find a way to win, I think that is going to pay long-term dividends for guys like Gallo and Kiner Falefa and Mazzara, uh, Profar. All those guys had big games last night. And, and I, think that, uh, I, I think that a game like, tonight, like last night will be something of a, uh, uh, of a building block in their, in their continued development. I would like to take an exception to the white flag thing because I wrote uh, in the winter when they signed all those pitchers, they were raising the white flag then. Uh, because Oh, it, my God. Nobody has a bigger bibliography yeah. of his own columns than you. Well, that's true. But, but you guys all, everybody said, oh, no, this was not raising the white flag. That was raising the white flag. And they, have, and they, are, they are continuing to wave 
that white flag even now. Now, there's a difference between that and saying that, okay, we're, we're starting all over. Uh, then you trade off all your, all your people. But when you are not putting yourself in a position to be competitive, which they did, and, and, and look, they, got, they had all the injuries. They, they, they wiped out the whole infield, and I get all that. And, and those things are all very uh, you know, good excuses for a lot of what's happened. But, but there's no excuse for what's happened with the rotation. What's happened there is essentially what we figured would happen. It'd be a miracle right. for that, that rotation to have come around and all of a sudden yeah. all these guys would have bounced back in the same year. What just wasn't going to happen. Right. So, but moving on from that, Evan, you also made the general manager mad, I think. Uh, well, uh, I always do. Yeah, um, true. Well, all of but, us, actually. Uh, uh, and, and it, you know, I, I, I think that uh, it was more, his comment was more in general uh, over the idea that this club would purposely manipulate uh, service time. Um, in the case I, of I, Willie Calhoun. Yeah, and this would take a huge setup. But Willie Calhoun, uh, if the Rangers call him up tomorrow and he plays the rest of the year in the big league, he'd get 151 days of service this year, plus the 20 days of service he had last year would leave him one day shy of a full year of service time, which would mean he'd be eligible for free agency not before the end of 2024, whereas if he came up earlier than that, he would not be he would be eligible potentially by the end of 2023. And, and uh, John Daniels took exception to any uh, to anybody who would think that the club would purposely manipulate his service time just for the sake of, of control. And uh, I, I think that in the past, the Rangers have very much shown that they're willing to call guys up before the service time dates become a consideration. They did it with Nomar Mazzara. They did it with Joey Gallo. Even when they sent down Keone Kella as punishment at the start of last year, they brought him back before they see any service time benefit. So I get where John is coming from. The facts all suggest that this team has never made a real consideration of trying to hold on to a guy an extra year versus the idea of bringing a guy up when he's best suited to help the club. I think in this case, I think there's a little bit more of a sliding scale. Willie's not ready to help the club defensively. We've talked about how bad the outfield was defensively at the start of the year. I think left field has become a good defensive position when Ryan Rua or Joey Gallo is out there. Uh, I think they've both shown themselves to be above-average defensive left fielders. Uh, but Willie is still learning the position, and he's still got some work to do there. In addition, he's not exactly tearing it up at AAA. I think that everybody thinks he's going to hit in the big leagues. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But I think right now, if you were doing stuff on a merit-based system, Ronald Guzman and Isaiah Kainer-Falefa, the guys who were called up in the last three weeks, were the guys who most deserved it. Uh, Kainer-Falefa is, is versatile and plays multiple positions and plays them well defensively. He's really had good at-bats. Guzman has been, and as much as, Kevin, as much as you and I think Joey Gallo can be a gold-glove first baseman, I think what I've seen from Guzman is an even better ability to play first base. I think Gallo is a better athlete, but I think Guzman is better suited to play first base, and that's saying a lot. So, so let's, uh, let, you know, let's let's stop right there because that's what I want, I want to talk about a little bit as we as we look around this this team and the. Well, let's stop at whatever you want to talk. About. Well, well, David fell. Uh, I, I, I think David that's what fell we're asleep. doing. David just fell asleep <laughs> and during that entire thing, so I'm trying to. <laughs> To perk up this this podcast a little bit. Uh, no, here, here's here's the thing about this this team. First of all, 
you know, is somebody getting in the way of your clown car or something? Every once in a while, we're hearing some honking going on. What, what in the world's going on there? I mean, well, I'm, I am in the bowels of Progressive Field, and um, the game is starting uh, at one o'clock Eastern time today. So the employees are coming through. Uh, cars, the little the little cars, golf cars with the little clown car horns are coming through. It's very busy down here. We have a lot of bustle. Oh, I love it. Bustle's great. All right, look, here's some things that I and I, first of all, I want to say I, I agree with on the Willie Calhoun thing. If, if he's not he's not exactly tearing it up down there, uh, you got you got plenty of outfielders here. I mean, it's not like there's not enough people to put out there in left field. Uh, and at, it's not like it's not like they've made a. What we've seen in the last few weeks is it's not like they've made mistakes bringing up Guzman or Connor Fuller. No, but I want to say this: I, I have I'm backing up a little bit on on Joey Gallo playing first base, uh, and I don't want him to play third base. Uh, but here, here's here's my thinking on all this: if Guzman is going to be, and we're just projecting here, he's he's looked nice. Uh, he's obviously a, a very good defensive first baseman. He doesn't have much pop. Uh, he, he hits, he can hit a little bit. It looks like if he was going to hit, let's say he was going to hit 300, he was going to have a 350, you know, on base percentage and he was going to hit, you know, 20 home, home runs in, in some ways. He's another, he's another Mitch Moreland. Uh, if, if he's going to be that, uh, then, uh, I don't, I don't really don't have a problem with Joey playing left field because, the difference playing left field as opposed to Josh Hamilton playing center field is that Josh Hamilton's a big man covering a lot of ground out there. And that was, mm-hmm. I think that took a real toll on his career. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas in left field, you're not going to, you're not going to be, you know, covering as much ground. It should be that big an issue. I think he is a good left fielder. Uh, I think he's sure, good he did at- sacrifice his body the other night though, on that catch. Yes. Yes, he did. <laughs> he, he absolutely did. Last night on that, on that lunging kitchen, that's exactly what I was going to say is, I think John Daniels and I think the Rangers are very much in agreement with you, Kevin. Um, Guzman is a good defensive first baseman, and if he can acquit himself well offensively here, it pays. It, it, it makes sense to look at Joey playing left field right now because I don't think there's any doubt that defensively he can play that position and play it well. He's a good athlete. He runs well. But last night when you see him take that dive and land on his shoulder, you realize that, you know, that position is still going to be uh, exponentially more risky than playing first base for him, and that would be their long-term concern. Yeah, I, I get that. And to clarify how you started this response, the Rangers came to this cl- conclusion regardless of what Kevin thinks. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I, hard believe. Last night, I believe everything started with, you know, I remember that column Kevin wrote. <laughs> I, you remember oh. that column he wrote about the pitching staff back in this, the only reason October I bring, of 2017? I bring, I bring those things up because, you know what, I, I'm, so li- I'm, I'm so infrequently right that when I am right, I like to bring it up, okay? Well, uh, the, way, the way John cited your column yesterday is a lot better than the way John Hart used to cite your column. Boy, no kidding. Um, no kidding. Uh, all right, now let's let's move around here though, uh, around the infield. So we so we've got uh, some uh, some possibilities with Guzman there at uh, first base in in the Joey Gallo situation. Whether it ever ends up that way, it's it's certainly something worth considering. Now at second base, uh, you've got as you referred to him today, the the Rangers' new spirit animal. I'm not sure what that means. What? Yeah. What in the world were you talking about? Is he like a teddy bear? Is that what? What is that? Spirit horse. Sounds good. Unicorn. Spirit animal. Spirit, spirit animal. Spirit, spirit. 
Does he does he know that you you have referred to him that way? Uh, I actually I asked him today. You know, I, I refer to him as Brother Is on social media, um, which is um, kind of a uh, a tribute to the Hawaiian singer Israel Kamaka. Kam- I will mess up the last name. Will you um, did mess it up? <laughs> <laughs> he was, will about he referred to as yeah. like he, he was Brother tans. Is. And, yeah. Um, he was okay with that. I didn't tell him I referred to him as a spirit animal, but I, yeah, I guess I will go did. back to him and, and say, Isaiah, if you were a spirit, what is your spirit animal? So yeah. if he says a seal, then maybe I'll change that reference. Yeah, that'd be good. So he, here's a guy who's obviously, he's the, you know, the, the, the warm and fuzzy feel-good story of the season. You know, he gets called up. His parents fly in from, at the last minute. It, it's all a great story. And uh, especially if you're the, the parent of, of any kid who aspired to do anything and they got in the, there getting to do it. It's just a great story. But um, uh, is there the positive? Surely now, the Rangers have, have always viewed him as a guy who might be a, a, a great utility player. He could be a backup catcher. He can play the infield. Maybe he can play a little bit of the outfield. Uh, that'd be great. We're not getting in over our heads here and thinking that he might actually uh, remain at second base, are we? Oh, no. I, I mean, I think if, if there's been any, and I don't think there has been to this point, but I think if there's been any eye-opening here, um, it's been, in the long term, it's been done by Jerickson Profar. Um, uh, I, I think that the Rangers still view in their in their long-term future Kiner Falefa as most likely a super utility guy, maybe a super utility guy who gets 400 at-bats in a season, but a super utility guy nonetheless. Um, I think that to maximize that, when everybody is healthy, it's still probably going to be necessary for him to go back to AAA catch pretty much every day for the month for a month or so to ensure that he can he can withstand the workload of catching up here um but what he has done is he's opened some eyes uh, his, his bats are really good he he's got a really good presence in the field uh he as, as you and i have talked about in the past you know when Profar was moving around to different positions it did seem to impact him it doesn't seem to impact Isaiah at this point. So he's got the mentality of a utility guy. I, I think all that Isaiah has done in the last three weeks is open up eyes to say, instead of thinking that maybe this guy has a big league future, I think the Rangers do feel like he's got a legitimate big league future. Yeah, uh, and, and so that, that that's, you know, on the, on the pro-far thing, this is – it's interesting to me to watch him play every day. He, he is – and I and I had full confidence that if he played every day at shortstop or second base, but but mainly at shortstop, that that he's he's a major league starting shortstop. I I don't I don't know how good he's going to be. I don't know what his ceiling is anymore. When I watch him play every day, I, I hate how he's dropped down now to throw less than three quarters to first. He's and it's causing him, I think, to make too many inaccurate throws. I'd like to see him come more over the top and and not seem so casual out there at times. He's you know we we've always run the impression that he would be a better defensive shortstop than Elvis, and I just don't think that's true. I think that Elvis yeah, is a better defensive shortstop. I think that was I think that's six year old information. I think that would be inaccurate. Elvis is a better athlete. Elvis is more athletic out there. Elvis has always had more range out there. Uh, I, I will say this, you know, and the Rangers are working with Profar almost every day early on fielding. Wrote about that the other day, uh, that he's out early with, with Bannister and Beasley and Bouchelle. 
and I do think they are, they are working on trying to get that arm slot a little bit more uh, consistent. But most of it, according to, to, to both Bannister and Beasley, work comes back to footwork. And I think you can certainly understand that the footwork at shortstop is uh, is different than it's going to be at second base, different than it's going to be at third base, and there's some consistency that he needs to get with that. But I agree with you, Kevin. There's been too many throws early on that are that are uh, errant, inconsistent. Um, maybe we are overanalyzing him a little bit, but I, I, you know, I do think that has been the case. He had a bad feed last night on a de- on a double play ball in the ninth inning that possibly could have uh, ended this game before the Rangers ever went to extra innings. So there's work to be done there. But what I do think, you know, he has done is offensively he is now hitting the ball with some authority. He's hitting the ball with authority from both sides of the plate. Last two nights he's had hits from both the right and left side. I think the last time I had checked, he hadn't had hits from both sides of the plate. He was a, uh, he was a non-factor from the right side of the plate for the last two years. Right. He is hitting left-handers at 300 for the season. He's made adjustments from the right side of the play. Yeah, I, I, I see good things from from him, and I agree with that. And this has been certainly a good development to give him this playing time uh, and obviously kind of for Leffa. Now, I'm wondering, are they telling Ruggi Odor, hey, man, just just take it easy, uh, dude. Let, let, this, let this hammy come back whenever uh, it needs to. No, I don't think they're. I don't think they're artificially slowing anything down. Um, but I do. The, the question I do have is, could Profar? You know, here, here's what's going to happen. Odor is going to be ready to come back quicker than Elvis will. Elvis won't be back until the first week of June. Odor will probably be back in another week or so. So Odor will go to second base, um, and uh, uh, and Profar will stay at short for the time being. Um, if Profar continues to to, to really show something offensively, and Odor struggles, and then you get Elvis back at the beginning of June, now all of a sudden you may have a question based on merit. Who deserves to play second base? How much of that, and that's what I was kind of getting at, how much of a decision you think they're really going to make? They're going to, they obviously have a, a, a pretty strong financial commitment to Ruge, uh and uh, and they don't with Profar, uh, but they have to make a decision on Profar as well. Uh, and, of course, you know what we've always talked yep. about was the best-case scenario for the Rangers is if he plays well enough to drive his, his uh, value back up uh, to something approaching what it was at one time. I don't think he'll ever get back to that level, but I, I think that's. I think he's certainly doing that now. Uh, I think if you if you look at him play shortstop, you have to believe this is a guy that can handle the position for you and is going to hit a little bit. He's a switch hitter. All all the things that you know that uh, made him the number one prospect in baseball, which was certainly as we all know overinflated. Uh, but it it still is it's something along the lines of what he was supposed to be. Uh, well, so how, I, I, can I the Rangers really say? Can the Rangers really let Ruggie go and say, you know, we're going to go with, with Profar instead? Oh, I, I mean, listen, I, I think that if you feel like Rugnet Odor is not performing at second base, you owe it to your to, to to the rest of the team and to yourselves to play the best second baseman there. Um, you're going to have them both on the field together, I would think, at least for a month. Uh, before you have to make any kind of calls on that. The other wild card thing I'll throw in there, you know, you talked about driving his value up and potentially trading him. Look, the Dodgers just lost their shortstop for a year, for the year um, in, in Corey Seager. Yeah. Uh, could Profar play really well for the next six weeks and put himself in a position where the Dodgers might consider dealing for him? 
and would the Rangers be able to get the kind of price uh, for a Dodger team that might be looking at, at this as their last best shot? Maybe. Um, I think that would be something of a long shot. But I think, I think where Profar is concerned, I think the only thing you can say at this point is the best possible scenarios for him are at least opening back up. That he potentially does have a future somewhere with this club, or that he does have the possibility of raising his trade value. Yeah, I, I, to me, in this season that is lost, uh, I, I look at that and I look at the pitching. And you know, Bartolo Colon's been a great story, but he's been you know their most effective starter. Uh, but that doesn't do anything for you long term. In the bullpen, we, we've seen guys pitch well we've seen guys pitch poorly uh we we still don't have really any answers there i don't think uh and and i and to me if you're looking around this team if you're looking for some really good news i i think that that you know guzman has done pretty well i think kind of obviously has but to me profar is the one big uh, benefit of everything that's happened that he finally got his chance to play and he's starting to deliver on that I think. I mean, I think if you look around the team, the season now is about guys like Profar, like Guzman, like Gallo, like Mazzara, um, uh, like Kiner Falefa, like uh, Keone Kella. You know, it's about the young guys getting better. It's not about. It's not necessarily about wins and losses. It's about the, the growth of these players, and we we knew that was a very strong possibility entering the season. Uh, I, I think we've just seen it happen a little quicker than the Rangers expected. And in, in the long term, I think the, the benefit that, that John is talking about is they're probably going to get an extra two months' worth of, uh, of, of experience for these guys this year. The, the positives that I see for this club, yeah, I think the last 11 days of Jurickson Profar have been a really good development for him. I think that Kiner Falefa has been a positive development. Uh, I think that Nomar Mazzara has shown an ability to both hit left-handers, hit with two strikes, and to hit on the road early this year. And that's a big development for him. I think Joey Gallo uh, has very quickly become a guy that uh, can take on uh, the role of a, a spokesman. As he said last night, you know, responsibility has kind of been thrust on me overnight, and, and I'm ready to take it on. Um, uh, so I think those are all positive developments um, for the long-term future of the Rangers. But you know, as John said last night, for a lot of fans who are still trying to cling to um, this window of opportunity that the Rangers have had for the last decade, that's probably over with for a year or two. And the, the, the positives and the progress are going to be in the development of individual young players. Evan, as always, it's great to have you on. Uh, we'd love to get you back sometime uh, as soon as possible, certainly before the trade deadline. We'd love to have you on. We're sorry we have to break this off because Kevin had four more of his columns spread in front of him going back to 2015. He wanted to cite. Oh, my gosh. Oh, well, in 2015, he advocated trading for Cole Hamels. Just ask him about that one day. Yeah, that worked out pretty well for him. Okay. We got to go, right, Evan. you guys go. Say hello to Dane for me uh, and have a lot of fun talking about that Cowboys draft. We will. We'll do it. All right, everybody. See you guys later. We'll see you. Evan. There goes Evan Grant uh, talking about those Rangers and those young guys. Uh, You know, uh, I I, I still contend that, you know, they all the young guys they were talking about, all the ones that Evan just talked about were guys who are already here. 
So we were already <laughs> seeing all of them except for Profar. Already in the shoot. Yeah, yeah. except for Profar and, and you know and, and look uh, like Isaiah, Isaiah kind of for Leffa. You know, he's a guy that's hit. Uh, I think he hit four home runs his whole minor league career, and he's hit two already. He's hit two, yeah. So he's not going to do that. That's not who he is, and that's why you you can't get too excited about these guys when they come up and they do things that they've never done before. It's like spring training. You you can't put too much into that. You look at what the track record says, and not what a what a month in Arizona says. So I, I think he's a a really great story, and I think that he's got some potential as that super utility guy. And they they've been looking for that for a long time. They they. You know, they never get the the right mindset for it. You know, Jerkson was not a super utility guy. Clearly, did not want to do that. Wanted to be a shortstop. That's what he thinks he is. You know, it's like it's like taking a quarterback and saying, "Now nah, we're going to play a little bit at tight end too." Well, that's a valuable position, and on good teams, that makes a big difference. But you don't want to come out of a season like this and go. You know, what did you primarily develop? Yeah. Oh, we developed a utility infielder. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You need more than that coming out of this season. That's not to minimize what he can do and what his role can be going forward. Because, again, those guys on really good teams are invaluable, and they do make a difference. Oh, absolutely. But those guys on bad teams rack up some good stats but don't really help you win. No, they don't. And, and you know, and they still doesn't. we still haven't come close to finding out what the Rangers are going to do about their pitching going forward. Uh, they've got a bunch of old guys on the staff and uh, and and you know that's what they've got to do. That the young guys weren't ready, uh, but that's and while they won the big point. Problem. While they won on on Tuesday night, the the way the game got into extra innings is not really Duh. ideal. Yeah, you, you know that's just classic. Two strike bases loaded, two uh, outs, and, and a grand slam. I mean that that's a killer. And you those kind of mistakes are the mistakes that kill a team's morale. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you, when a closer can't put the game away, and not only when you cannot put the game away, but you give it up in such a grand fashion. That happened a couple of years ago, and and uh, in a game where where uh, Sean Tolleson gave up a, a grand slam, and uh, and it just. It just deflates the team. Now you, you came out of it with the winning extra innings, and that mitigates that somewhat, but but not enough. All right, we're going to get out of here so we can get to Dane because uh, he's on a tight schedule, and we're on a tight schedule. You know, we're busy people. we got things going on. <laughs> we tell people we're busy well, people. You have to tell people that <laughs> just so they'll think you're doing something. Uh, so anyway, from everybody in here to everybody out there, see ya. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya.